Welcome to Nine Bob Note with Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Nine Bob Note. I am Paul. And I am Ken. Hello, Ken. Hello, Paul. Well, it's your turn this week. What have you got? Well, I don't think it's going to come as any great surprise. We are going to talk this week about the new Doctor. Fire away. <laughs> yeah, well, it, it was a bit of a strange one because I think we, we both discussed, there, was, there were rumours that the new Doctor Who was going to be announced. And what we thought was it'd be really good if when they did the announcement, we were here and we did a sort of live, like a live reaction yes. episode. Sadly... Uh, that didn't happen because they sort of snuck it out on a Sunday morning. It was very strange. Oh, as a tweet, wasn't it? Yes, yeah. yeah. For the benefit of the not-we. His name is Shuti Gatwa. I was at a football match. Casey was in a in the, the cup final, so it was all very exciting. And there was quite a big crowd there. And... My phone pinged and I got a message from you, but I only sort of half read it and it was just something about a moustache. And I was like, <laughs> what? <laughs> I had no idea. There was no context to it. And then Stuart, who was with me, but had been, we'd been separated in the crowd, then sent, then sent me a message and said, have you seen who the new Doctor is? And I was like, what, what? And then that, obviously it made sense. How has nobody pegged him a shooty dog thing yet? <laughs> Which uh, is an in-joke, boys and girls. It's not offensive. It was a, a sort of derogatory term for K9 uh, in one of the episodes. Funnily enough, this week I've been re-listening to our old episodes when we've done, because we've done two <laughs> Who-themed ones now. <laughs> yeah. And uh, way back when we did 14, mm. I said that I thought it was going to be a black man. And lo and behold, it's a black man. Yes. Um, the moustache reference was because in... He's appeared in various different photos. The actual publicity photo that they've used, he's got a very close-cropped black hair mm. and he's clean-shaven. But when he's been seen out and about, when the announcement was made, he's got blonde hair and a moustache. Yeah. Got to say I'm favouring the black. <laughs> uh, so I'm hoping they do away with all that for... It's just too... It doesn't look very doctorish. With, with the, the black hair and the clean-shaven, it looks very authoritative. Hmm. I think that the blonde hair and possibly also the moustache, the reason why they announced it on that day was because he was Russell T. Davis's date to the mm. BAFTA Awards, wasn't it? So I don't And I have seen that he has spoken in an interview about his stylist who did his hair yeah. for that. So I don't think it's a, a choice ah, for the right. doctor. I hope not. I don't. Because, I, <laughs> I mean, he's. Um, I did. The first thing I looked up was whether or not he was gay. Mm. All the official lines seem to be that he's never actually declared one way or the other. No. Now, it doesn't matter to me. I don't know him. He probably wouldn't be my first choice. I would have preferred somebody older, maybe. Uh, I've always said Id- Idris Elba. He would have that commanding. But I was I said that about Matt Smith and I was wrong about Matt Smith. From a gay perspective, if he does turn out to be gay or at least bisexual, I know that you're not really bothered, but does it make you feel a little bit of something inside happier? Probably yes and no. 
uh, like you say, he, quite a lot of people have made comments that, oh, of course it's a gay man. Mm. Gay. And as you said, he's he's never actually spoken in public about his sexuality. So nobody knows. I mean, I imagine some people know. Yeah, <laughs> you, you think some, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But yeah, I mean, obviously Russell T. Davis is all about representation mm. and things like that. And, you know, he makes a strong case for sort of casting. Although obviously in this case, the doctor isn't gay. Mm. potential lesbian <laughs> at the moment, but we'll skate over that. <laughs> but I, I don't think Russell T. Davies is sort of interested in relaunching this character as a gay man, but to have a gay actor mm. play, uh, yeah, it doesn't really make a difference. I, I, I know it doesn't make a difference to the character, no. but as a, as a gay viewer, do you sort of think, that's, I feel a bit more of a kindred spirit with it, or do, do you, are you not really bothered one way or another? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, I, I'm not really bothered. It is it is nice mm. because, you know, we, we, we're all in the club. So it's nice. <laughs> it's nice when someone, well, you're one of our members, gets up, get something good. But, but yeah, it, I think, though, it's one of the most sort of important things. Like, like you, you mentioned before, when we spoke about it in the past, we said, I said it as well, and various other people mm. we've spoken to said, it's most likely going to be a person of colour. Yes, yeah. And it was. Mm. And so, obviously, immediately, everyone starts coming out with, oh, well, it's just typical BBC <laughs> ticking the boxes. But Russell T. Davis has come out and said that that's not the case. Now, obviously, he is going to say that. He's mm. not stupid, like Chris Chibnall, who said, well, of course, I was only going to cast a woman. <laughs> Whereas Russell T. Davis actually said, I did hundreds of auditions and actually had someone in mind who I was going to tell I'd got the job until... Shooty Gatwa came in and blew me away. Now, whether there was still something in the back of his mind thinking, I can't go back. I can't, ca I can't cast a white man straight away. But yeah, I, I don't know. I haven't seen anything that he's been in before. I believe he's been in sex education. Yes. Yeah. And I'm sort of trepidatious about watching it because I believe he's playing quite a camp mm. defeat character in it. And I mean, he's not going to have got the gig if he's not at least halfway decent. Yeah. And this is Russell T. Davis, so he's not going to fuck about with the casting. It's going to be, this is, he's relaunching an entire brand with his own company. It needs to be right. Yes. It's not going to be an experiment. So the fact that he is, you know, from a, a minority background and it, it sort of ticking the PC box, but because it's Russell T. Davis, I feel it's in safe hands and it's, mm. it's a little bit more than that. If Chris Chibnall had cast him, I'd be looking at this in a very different light. Yes. Yeah, and and it goes back to what we were saying before. Even if Russell T. Davis did say it's I, about it's got, time I, and had it in his mind, he wouldn't have cast him unless he was absolutely sure mm. that he was going to be good in the role. And if Shooty Gatwa hadn't walked in and blown him away in the auditions, he wouldn't have then thought, "Oh well, who's the next black man on my list?" <laughs> you know, I, I I don't believe that that's what he would have done. Whereas, as we've said before with, with Chris Chibnall, if, if he'd have said, right, I mean, we, we saw what he did. He, he said, I'm going to cast a woman. And so he did. As we've said before, he cast the first woman that he saw when he opened his eyes. But then he also went the, to the next step. And when he was casting the fugitive doctor, who we... Uh, we still, we, yeah, we still we, have yeah, no we, idea yeah. where it slots in. And, <laughs> and we're not going to find out no. during the Chibnall era. It will have to be up to somebody else to tidy that one up. Yeah, because yeah, it's such a com complicated mess that uh, it's beyond his abilities. But he thought, right, well, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put this doctor in who nobody knows where they fit into the timeline. So who did he cast? 
a black woman. And, you know, and then it, it, again, not saying that she wasn't right for the role, but I like you say it was Chris Chibnall. So she was probably the first black woman that he, uh, he well, saw on the Well, she wasn't right for the role. I mean, I, I will say this. Jodie Whittaker is my least favourite doctor. I'll say this again. I don't think anybody's been bad at it, but some have been less good than others. But Jodie Whittaker is bottom of the pile for me. She is just not... Uh, it's nothing against her personally. I just don't think that she's even given the chance to shine or is actually capable of the the gravitas, really. It's always been, tell me what's going on right now. And I know that's down to the writing, mm. but there's also the delivery. I mean, uh, I'll, I've said this about some of the previous Doctors. They've been given some, as they've all had, some duff episodes, <laughs> but they've still wrung every last nuance out of even bad dialogue or not very good dialogue and still thrown it on screen and been entertaining. And I've not really seen any of that with Jodie Whittaker. Now, with... um the Ruth Doctor, mm. who uh, Joe Martin, yes, that, yes. Again, nothing against her as an actress, but she's not Doctor material. It's like the, I mean, there's, there's several white men that have been linked to the role. They're not Doctor material. Mm. It's just that you've got to have a certain. So you need to have a certain energy, energy and gravitas to to have that role. And you just can't walk on stage and be the Doctor. You've got to be a certain type. Joe Martin was done as a gimmick, and I feel. The way it was handled was terrible, really. I mean, if it had, if it had been, I mean, it's still time for it to be turned around so that it is. But if it had been a, a Doctor from a parallel universe, which would have made a lot more sense, yeah. probably could have got away with it. But it's been heavily implied that she slots into the timeline pre-William Hartnell, which makes absolutely no sense because <laughs> the, the TARDIS did not look like a police boxer. The, <laughs> no, the chameleon circuit worked up until the very first story, and it was ex- established that it, it had materialised as all sorts of different things, and it was actively controlled before the very first William Hartnell story. Yes. And then she turns up in this police box, and she's supposed to have been from hundreds of years prior. It just makes no sense. No. Oh, God, I'm on a Doctor Who run. Just stop <laughs> yeah. me now. But um, my first thought was, if if Shooty Gatwood does turn out to be gay, A, it's of no surprise whatsoever, uh, because it's Russell T. Davis that's done the <laughs> casting, and he's very he's openly spoken that he wants to cast more gay people because acting is such a straight profession. Yes, yeah. Very underrepresented. Very underrepresented. I mean, as everybody knows, every single actor in the history of stage (laughs) and screen has been straight and very butch. Absolutely. So it's about time we had somebody a feat. Exactly. So that's a a very, very unsurprising if he does turn out to be. I just wondered whether it would make it. I mean, it must make a difference to the gays. Yeah. Yeah. And it definitely does because you sort of think... You know, he's one of us. And not going from the, oh, well, we've been underrepresented for so long because we, well, we haven't. Maybe <laughs> there was an element of uh, tongue-in-cheek when you were saying that. <laughs> Perhaps more than an element. But it was certainly sort of gay actors in the past haven't necessarily come out as gay mm. until usually when someone writes a biography about them when they're dead. Yes. Uh, and and obviously there's more and more people coming out. But even now, there are still actors who are gay, who who, who are our age, mm. who say, well, I was told not to tell anyone that I was gay because it would stop me from getting roles. I don't think that's really the case anymore. But yeah, it is. When, when you see someone who's on our team who gets a big role like this, and this is the big role, isn't it? For, for On television terms, it yeah. is really. 
The one thing I will say is quite openly, I hope he does turn out to be a gay. <laughs> uh, and it's, uh, at some point down the line, his sexuality is going to be officially mm. confirmed one way or another. Yeah. And just from the sake of the point of view of the gays, there's never we've never had a gay doctor. No. To the best of my knowledge. I mean, if you're going to push that envelope, and that's the way television in general is moving, it's becoming more inclusive, that's fine. There are ways of doing it, but I think it would be nice if he did actually turn out to be gay, or at the very least, bi. Yeah, yeah, and maybe it would be quite a good way of, I mean, obviously, as you say, things are going to come out. It's a, it's a really high-profile mm. role. There's going to be stories about him. People aren't capable of keeping their mouths shut. So I imagine if if he is gay or, you know, bi or mm. whatever, then there is, there's probably going to come a point where he has to say it because he's going to have to say yeah, it before yeah. somebody else does. But what it would be really nice if it was just something where, you know, he did the did the role for a few years and then when he eventually leaves and goes off to do other things that he's, and he says, like, yeah, yeah, I want to spend a bit more time with my boyfriend mm. and just, you know, no big front page announcement or just, you know, just. Can you imagine like what Twitter will be like that day? <laughs> <laughs> As I say, I hadn't seen anything with him in. I, I still, I haven't watched Sex Education. He's lined up on my list now on Netflix to watch. Yeah. I'm, I'm going into, I, I don't know whether I actually want, I just, I think I might actually just wait and mm. be surprised. I'd rather. It was like Matt Smith. I'd never seen Matt Smith in no. anything before, and I didn't go out searching for it. Uh, David Tennant had seen a few things. I did know him. Christopher Eccleston had seen a few things, yeah. although I didn't realise I had. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. he was just never somebody that had flagged up on my radar, so I'd seen a couple of films they'd done. Paul McGann I knew from Withnail and I. Mm. Probably not the best representation. <laughs> uh, for anybody out there that wants a drinking game that will kill you, <laughs> Withnail and I will do it. You, the the Withnail and I drinking game, you take a, sh- a, a, a sip of something every time somebody on screen drinks. Now, it's widely known that Withnail and I, everybody drinks a lot. They're all <laughs> alcoholics in it. Now, I, I must have seen that film 20, 30 times. I didn't realise just how often somebody takes a drink. Uh, within 40 minutes, three of us had had a bottle of wine each and we were all throwing up. <laughs> nice. So, yeah, uh, play it with something... Soft. Yeah, not red wine. Not red wine. Very, very unwise. (laughs) Anyway, straight off the point somewhere. We've got plenty of Doctor Who drinking games coming up. Ah, excellent. But yeah, it it was quite... I think the way way that they announced him... See, I know you weren't overly keen, but I, I thought it was really quite cool because they... It was him. He put on his Instagram account in the morning... Those four emojis, wasn't it? We did two, two hearts, a plus, and a blue box. Yeah, and obviously, to a lot of people who follow him on Instagram, no idea what that mm. means. Uh, and it was only it was then a couple of hours later that uh, the Bad Wolf Productions, mm. uh, so Russell T Davies's company, then put the same emojis on them, and then people were like, oh, hold on a second, hold on wait, a second. there's yeah. a correlation here. <laughs> yeah, uh, and I think it's quite cool because obviously he is. There were rumours that it was going to be announced on the the 14th of May because he's the 14th mm. Doctor. And, and also that was the day of the FA Cup final and Eurovision. So it was like a big... A big uh, gay, Christ- gay Christmas. Yeah. <laughs> now, just pausing or sidestepping there, this year is the first year that I've realised that... Because I saw everybody posting about gay Christmas. What the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> and uh, I've never realised that's what you refer to it as before. <laughs> 
Yeah, it's a it's a thing. Did you put up a pink Christmas tree or something? <laughs> no, I do actually follow quite a few people on uh, on social media who really go to town on it, and you know, sort of counting down for months on end and putting who they're going to vote for different you know league tables and following it all very closely but i mean it is it is uh exciting but the i don't think for this particular actor i don't think that would have necessarily been the right thing because he's a big nobody knows him sex education is he's very big on netflix but to quite a niche Hmm. age demographic i would say and he's a big instagram person so that's kind of the way. And then what they then sort of developed that to use the emojis to make other announcements, even though he, he said he wasn't going to make any more announcements. That I do, I've quite liked that. And, but it, it, again, it's symptomatic of just how good Russell T. Davis mm. is about wringing publicity out of nothing. Yes. Four emojis is more publicity than Chibnall's done in four years. Yes. And Russell T. Davis with four emojis has set the entire Twitter alight. Every day there's something to do with Doctor Who trending. Doctor Who, for God's sake, this programme that's historically been a little bit cheap and (laughs) a a bit of an embarrassment is every day. Yeah, and people who have watched the show for 60 or, you know, for nearly 60 years are excited about it. Yeah. People who have never watched it are excited about it. People who had never even heard of it are saying, oh, well, I'm going to start watching mm. this. And one of the things that I, I hope found- they don't watch the Centenary <laughs> special as a jumping on point. <laughs> Wait till 2023. Uh, one of the things that I think has happened with this announcement, and, and generally with Russell T. Davies coming back and with the sort of energy that he's bringing into it and the excitement that he's building up, like you say, with just a couple of quite random tweets. Yeah. Are the, you obviously had the Doctor Who fans, the purists, the ones who, when Jodie Whittaker was announced, said, "Yeah, I don't like her. I'm not going to watch it." It's not because she's not a woman; she's just not. She's just not the Doctor. And then the very same people who've said that are now saying, "Oh, I don't like this new guy." It's not because he's black. <laughs> and then when you ask them, "Well, who would you like it to be?" and it's always a white man. Mm. Which is fa- fair enough. If you asked you or I who who we would cast, we would probably pick a white man. It is true, yes, yeah. I probably would, yeah. But it, we've sort of like got rid of those those people. Well, I stopped watching it before Jodie. Mm. Well, then fine, just don't come back. <laughs> That's absolutely fine. But amongst the rest of the fans of the show, there's sort of a general everything's positive for the fir- and yeah for the yeah. first time in years. Yes. I mean, the, the only thing I would say about that is I mean, you've said. I mean, I understand you know the the feeling why you know don't come back if that's your attitude. But the the problem that I've got with and we've touched on this before with with woke and political correctness and I, I, not really very strong terms to use in in, in this, but. <laughs> I still believe that the best way of normalising this is just to, it's happened. It's not some big, I have cast a woman and I was always going to cast a woman because it's time there was a woman and I think a woman can do it. With this, it's just, and nobody's really mentioned the fact that he's black. No. It's just happened. Uh, there was no big announcement. First black doctor. Yeah. The, the only time that's been mentioned is, is by the... Joe Martin, uh, when, when she was yeah. first black and female doctor. Black and female, and she's black. And, <laughs> right, brilliant, but that's all she is. And now with this, it's just announced, this is who it is, 
You need to keep on board the old fans. Of anything, you need to keep on board the old fans as well as trying to attract new. It's a very fine balancing mm. act, but you can't just do what Chibnall's done and shed 60 <laughs> years worth of fans because this is, this is the new era, this is the new regime, this is the way we're going forward. If you don't like it, I have a legion of new... F- they're here somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, where, where did they go? <laughs> no, that is true. And that's why Doctor Who is still on, mm. because of the people who watched it since the beginning and the new people they brought along along the way. But then there are some that can go away. <laughs> and oh, no, they're, they're, I mean, fandom is just a, a weird play. Any, mm. And it tends to be science fiction, to be fair. Uh, it just draws out. It's like a poultice. It draws out absolutely... <laughs> Weird. Very, very weird people. I've been to, <laughs> to Doctor Who conventions and science fiction conventions, and there's a lot of black T-shirts and unwashed bodies, let's mm. put it, and, and um, a lot of people on the spectrum at various uh, various colours of the rainbow. And But it's like if Coronation Street, and they've got a new producer, and, um, right, we're going to replace the, the entire... It's, it's about to have all these dusty old bones. <laughs> Ken Barlow's going to go, that, them, and Rita, she's been in it far too long. We'll get, everybody in the cast is going to be under 18 and trans and gay. It's about time Coronation Street threw on the doors. You're going to attract a proportion yeah. of gay viewers and, and people that are into that. But you're going to shed everybody that's stuck with it all these years. So you're pushing forward but taking 10 steps back at the same time, because that's all it is then. Yes. Yeah. And that is why I think we both feel quite safe in Russell T. Davis's hands, because yes, he's cast a black, potentially gay man in the role, but it's not going to be all about that. He's also cast a trans actress in the... It, yes. Well, if it, in one of in in the specials, we're not sure what I how big a role. It, well, the rumours are. I don't think it's been officially confirmed that it's Donna Noble's daughter. Yes, yeah, because she she's called Rose, mm. but we're not. I don't know. Uh, absolutely the... outrageous! <laughs> They've recast Rose Tyler oh, as a black trans. Absolutely awful! <laughs> Why is this happening? I'll never watch Doctor Who ever again. <laughs> yeah, uh, I did reply to a, a tweet very similar to that just today, and again, I mean. Because of who she is and because she's been in Heartstopper, which is quite a big show at the moment on Netflix. I've never seen that either, I'm afraid, no. No, and in that, the character she plays is trans. Right. So it's sort of, she, you know, she's quite Mm. happy talking about the fact that she's trans in real life. But, you know, it wasn't announced in the the announcement that they put welcome Rose, you know. Well, I didn't actually know that she was trans. No. Because she's a very beautiful woman, I have to say. Which I, I need to tread very carefully though, because she's about seventeen, which yeah. is ultra thin ice for a forty-four-year-old man. Um, uh, but yeah, I, I wouldn't have known if it hadn't been leaked, announced, whatever, mm. or because that was nothing to do with the casting announcement. No, and that's the way I like. It. I, I honestly, I do genuinely think that if you want people of our generation and above, oh, uh, let's be honest, the ones that are hardest to persuade on the yes. whole. The best way of doing it is not to make a big song and dance about it. And I, I think that goes across the board yeah. for any issue. It's when you have any crusade or any cause or any... The more you push something, you can push... And, and 5% of people will be like, yes, let's go on march, let's push for this. And they'll be really on board with it and shout really loud about it. 5% of people you'll never convince. They'll be completely anti-whatever you do. They're never going to be convinced. Mm. And 90% of people are totally indifferent one way or another. But I, I honestly think that the more you shout about something, the more you crusade, all you do is eventually start turning some of the 90% against you. Yeah. 
Yeah. So taking Shooty Gatwer, for mm. example, now, as we've said, we don't know if he is mm-hmm. gay, but if he was announced, Chris Chibnall would undoubtedly have announced him as the first black gay man <laughs> to play the Doctor. Mm-hmm. Um, and that immediately gets people's backs up. Now, whether that's right or not, if you're homophobic or racist or both, then, you know, then you are. But then if people are therefore going to say, right, I'm not watching Doctor Who because I don't want a gay person playing it, then that's up to them. But it's already in their minds. Whereas, as you're saying, most of the people aren't really bothered and Mm. they don't even think about it. Watch a series with him in it. And then say, do you know what? He's really good as the Doctor. I really like him. Did you know he's gay? <gasps> well, well actually, I still, <laughs> yeah, actually, I still quite like him. Maybe not all gay men are horrendous, <laughs> you know. So, uh, and and yeah, it's that's it. Don't don't force it. Just but just it's, let it go. It's only the same as. I mean, it would sound so bizarre, but <laughs> it's only the same as if um, if you pin labels on people, that's all they become. Yeah. It's like saying, you know, we've cast. Chris Marshall is the doctor, 40, 50 old, whatever, you know, a string of acting careers. He's a straight white man, straight white man cast as the doctor. And it's, it would just get people's backs up. A, it's a bizarre thing to, why, why does his, her, they sexuality matter? Yeah. Or the color of their skin. Can they do the job? But it's just such a bizarre thing to say. Mm. If, if it had been announced as first gay black doctor, immediately backs would be up because there is, there is a, a backlash against this woke PC stuff from, I, I'll, I'll freely admit that uh, a lot of it, I, I'm, I'm sort of in that camp. It does <laughs> because I don't think it progresses as a society, just pinning labels on people. I think it actually detracts from the cause. But it'd be the same way if some if you did exactly the same thing and said straight white doctor straight you know another and immediately people's backs would be up because oh straight white doctor oh typical tip <laughs> and it would be exactly the same the other way around it's, it's no different you're pinning a label on somebody and that's all they are yeah rather than a person in their own right yeah let them prove how mm. good they are when they're on on screen doing the job and then we can all say wow that is really- their job yeah. To pretend to be somebody they're yes. not. Yeah, exactly. It's not their job to uh, proclaim their sexuality and skin colour, really. It's no, that's it. So, yes, I think I'm quite excited. Mm, uh, me too. I've seen some interviews with him, and especially when he's been, you know, like on the red carpet with Russell T. Davies and stuff, and there is just something... There's that little spark that we that you mentioned Matt Smith before mm. that, that was just there and and with Peter Capaldi I was I know he's you're a big yeah, fan yeah I am absolutely when he was first cast I was like oh no this is going to be an absolute nightmare and then within five seconds he'd spoken he'd said something and I was just like yep sold and I I think that shooting at work is going to be that because. Russell T. Davies wouldn't have given him the job if he didn't 100% believe it. Completely. Hurrah. As a final thought before we dive into Feather Bowers. Yes. Russell T. Davies, God bless the man. He just can't (laughs) help himself. But I do like the way that all the way through, ever since he was announced as executive producer, it's been, no, 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 it's Chibnall's show. It's still Chibnall's show. Jodie's still got time to go. Guess what, guys? Uh, yeah, well, no, no announcements. I'm, oh, clear the path. Jodie's still got a 90-minute special. What, you've not announced it's 90 minutes? Yes, it's a 90... It's, oops, forget I said 90-minute special. You didn't know that. It's, it's And the meme has reappeared of the the man and his girlfriend. Yeah. He's looking back at the other girl's arse with his... You know, series 14. Everybody's focused on... 
Yeah, he is very funny. And he's good friends with Chris Chibnall. He is, so, yes, they are. Yeah. And they, yeah. you know, he is very uh, respectful to him, but also... I mean, especially because they're filming at the moment. So you can't keep secrets, can no. you? So, well, it, the photos this week have been leaked of David Tennant yeah. on set. <laughs> yeah. and, and Bernard Cribbins. Yeah. Yeah. Bernard Cribbins. <laughs> the guy's 94. He is a, an absolute figure from my childhood. I am more excited about Bernard Cribbins than I think I, I am even about David Tennant. Yeah, that, yeah, because he was just another one who everyone just loved him. Frankly. Oh, I mean, he, he it was his character. He was Wilf who killed David Tennant's doctor, <laughs> and even though it's like, oh, Wilf, come back anytime, anytime. So yeah, it, it's it's very exciting, and yeah, Russell T. Davis is very very clever, and and also hilarious fun when stuff like that happens because oh, you can just see the, the glee in his face. <laughs> just, he just loves being the producer oh I'm so excited for this There's, I know I've, I've given you the book you, it, it, mm. it must look very daunting but uh, it takes a, a few pages for you to get into the style of it but read it honestly it's just the love that this man the skill that he's got for producing television and the thought process that goes into it it's not just I'm going to write this exciting adventure with the Daleks in it because that's what I fancy doing this week it's it's all so calculated down mm. to the even the structure and the order of the episodes and he's oh he's a brilliant man so yes um, should we get out the, the bowers let's As you said, we, we've had a couple of episodes where we've spoken about Doctor Who and in less than glowing terms, mm. we, we tend to go on a rant. And this time, I think it's exciting. It's, it's different. It's something new. And I think because, like we both said, this guy, no idea who he is, but can't wait to see him in action. He's bringing in lots of new people who are going to watch it. Plus, a lot, most, I would say most of the, of the old, existing yeah. fans are... Yeah, this this is interesting. So not just because he's the first black man to play the Doctor mm. and not because he's potentially the first gay man to play the Doctor. I am going to give this a four out of five feather bowers, which I'll increase to five if he turns out to be gay. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, in television terms, it's a five. Uh, we've mm. said it before. It's um, There's no greater event really than a regeneration. The past 60 years of television have been punctuated by the doctor. Who's the new doctor? Mm. It's just a big seismic event. Don't I can't think of anything else off the top of my head that's, you know, you've got things like the Den and Angie episode of EastEnders or, you know, Princess Diana's wedding, that, those sorts of things. The, the big major Landmarks, events, yeah. all the regenerations have been a landmark television event. Uh, in terms of relevance to an LGBT world, I honestly do hope that he turns out to be gay. This is a genuine way of putting gay or lesbian or, or whatever role models on screen mm. without it rubbing people's backs up. It's just fucking there. Yeah. And it's the best way. You've, you've genuinely got then someone that primarily the younger ones are looking up to and thinking, you know, I've got, I've got a role model on screen. This is somebody I can get behind, but it's not being pushed down everybody's throat. They're just there and they are and it can be done. Yeah. And if he is gay, let him be the doctor. Without, Primarily. Yeah. And, you know, we don't have all these, oh, I'm, <laughs> hello, <laughs> yeah. where are we dematerializing today? Oh, darling, what does this big red knob do? Let's find out. Hello. No, I, I really don't think we need Alan Carr in the TARDIS. <laughs> That's oh a gross stereotype. It certainly is. 
<laughs> Dalek bumps. <laughs> Bet you've exterminated a few with those. <laughs> Right. Anyway, <laughs> yeah, uh, me. carry on, Doctor. <laughs> Having turned the clock back to the 1960s, what have you got for us this time? This, uh, this week, we're going to have a Nine Bob Notable mention. My Nine Bob Notable mention this week is going to be Sam Ryder. The Eurovision guy. The Eurovision guy. Yeah. It wasn't who I had in mind. <laughs> ah. Excellent. No, they, um, uh, we mentioned Eurovision earlier on. Mm. Um, we have got into a tradition of just not expecting anything from Eurovision. I mean, the the guy who sang, who performed for the UK last year, as you said, oh, he stood on in a bin bag. On a, it just wasn't great. So this year they had this this guy Sam Ryder, and he genuinely seemed really enthusiastic about it. He wasn't being ironic when he when he you know or you know tongue in cheek when he was talking about how much he loved Eurovision. And it was a song that he'd written and he performed and he performed it. They had this huge set on the stage that all lit up and he came out in this ridiculous jumpsuit with the UK flag and he sang it and we came second. Ukraine were always going to win for uh, yes. for obvious reasons. And it was also, the Ukraine had a good song. It wasn't entirely uh, political, although every country's public vote <laughs> did cause the Ukraine. But we, we came second by quite a long way. And it's just a really, a really good thing. Everyone's excited. And let's see what happens next year. But he, he just seems like a really, really nice guy. When it was showing him and the votes were coming in, he was smiling and waving. And yeah, he's been, he's been going around Europe singing his song, but, you know, get it, generating publicity for it before the thing. And it was just, it was nice that on the Sunday when we woke up, we weren't talking about how embarrassing it was to be part of the UK, at least until the news was on. <laughs> well, I've always said that I, I, I haven't seen it. I must admit, I've not seen it. I've not, I don't think I even know the song. I, mm. I might have to dig one out for the quiz night as a clip, mm. as a sound clip. But oh, I've always said Eurovision's political. And this is the year. It's like Schrodinger's cat. It's both <laughs> proved and disproved mm. that it's political and not political at the same time. Yeah. Because obviously Ukraine won because of uh, the, um, what are we calling it? The special tactical operation yes. by yeah, Russia. Yeah. But UK haven't come second because everybody hates the UK. Mm. So it's a real... It's a strange contest. I, I must admit, I did expect to see us languishing at the bottom. <laughs> I only ever take notice of where the UK comes and uh, to see, to wake up and second. So technically, really, if this whole Ukraine thing hadn't been going on, do you think we would have won? I genuinely do. We came first because they split it. They, they do the jury's votes first. So each of the 40 countries have the jury, you know, which is where they go around mm. to the, the countries. And at the end of the jury's vote, we were top. And then it goes to the public vote. So each country has a phone-in vote. Ah, oh, right. Uh, and, and yeah, it became clear then. Because every country, the phone-in vote, the 12 points went to the Ukraine. Pretty mm. much every country, which is understandable, really. So it was political, but on behalf of the voting public, rather than the voting jury, who did actually seem to vote on, on the basis of performance. So just while, as a sidestep while we're on that note, the one good thing to come out of this whole Ukraine war is that when Putin does eventually get assassinated or locked away in a maximum security <laughs> Russian president's home, 
whoever comes after him in order to repair any sort of status on the world stage is going to have to be completely the other way. Oh, yeah. Which has got to be a good thing for (laughs) A, the rest of the world, and B, Russia. Well, yeah. So out of any bad situation, something good always happens. Every class. Yes, Queen! Yes, Queen! Yes, Queen! Well, I think we've uh, we've veered wildly away from the uh, from Doctor. But what's new? Well, as with every Doctor Who episode we've done, we've gone on for about four hours. So uh, thank you for staying the course with us, boys and girls. It's almost time for the next episode. <laughs> so we'll see you in a few minutes. Bye, kids. Nine Bob Note featured Paul Isles Rush and Ken Moss. Title music was by Mark Scheiman, and the program was produced by Maverick Productions. For more information, please visit maverickproductionsuk.blogspot.com or find us on social media.